This is a summary of the first Sicha of Parshas Vezais Habracha. Look at the Sicha is Chelek Yud Dalid. There is a famous question brought in Chassidus in many places, beginning with the Tzamach Tzadik, where we ask, why is it that the celebration of the dancing of the Taida Simcha, or we finish the Taida, is on Simcha's Taida, is on the holiday of Shemini Atzeres, the end of the Tishrei season. Seemingly, a more appropriate time to... Uh, to have Simcha's Taita, the rejoicing over the Taita, would be on Shavuos, which is the whole celebration of the giving of the Taita. And the answer offered by Hasidus, generally speaking, is that in fact there were two givings of the Taita. There was the first giving of the Taita was at Shavuos. It's called the Luchis Rishayinis, the first set of the tablets. But those were broken. Those didn't last. The Jews sinned. They did the golden calf. And after the Jews were forgiven on Yom Kippur, they were offered, they were given the second set of tablets, and those survived. And the and what we're celebrating is that level of the second luchis, the luchis shnis. That's what's explained in Chassidus. However, to go a little deeper into the question, if you think about it, what exactly is the question? Seemingly, first of all, the Rishonim already explain why we established the celebration on Simchas Taita, because the most joy written in the Taita is on Sukkis and on Shemini Atzeres. It says it many times in the Taita to rejoice. And therefore, we want to attach the joy of Simchas Taita with the joy of Yom If We say you're at the time of ultimate joy, and what greater joy is there for a Jewish person than the joy of completing the Taita? In general, in halacha, in uh, not, not just in Chumash itself, the order of the holidays is first Pesach and then Shavuos and then Sukkot, which has many ramifications. So this is the climax, this is the moment, this is when we complete the holiday, the cycle of the holidays. There's a number of explanations we could have offered about why we're celebrating Simchas Taita now. We're completing the cycle of the Taita reading. Now, even though technically we could say, oh, but why didn't the rabbis make that the cycle of the Taita reading doesn't go around Simchas Taita time? Rather, we should finish the reading of the Taita every year, Shavuos. But we just said a good legitimate reason. The Rebbe therefore learns that it's actually a much deeper question Chassidus is asking, which is that as a matter of fact, we do complete the Taita on Shavuos. We do complete the Taita on Shavuos. And the question is, why isn't the celebration? Why don't we dance with the Taita? Why don't we rejoice on Shavuos? Now, how could we say the entire Taita is given in Judaism on, on Shavuos? So that's already it's, it's explicitly found in Rashi, in Chumash, in the Parshas Mishpatim. Rashi brings from the B'sad Yagoyim that, that the Ten Commandments in, incorporate within themselves. They include within themselves all 613 commandments. And what that means is that if someone is smart enough and is able to sit and study the Ten Commandments, they are going to arrive at and understand all 613 commandments. It's an incredible thing. Famously, it has 620 letters corresponding to the 613 commandments and the seven rabbinical laws, rabbinical commandments. But in general, everything is found, everything is contained 
And even if we, it would be very difficult for us to extrapolate it, but it was given. That's when the title was given. Hashem gave, we say, why do we say it's the day of the giving of the Torah? Seemingly a person could ask. All that was given to us was the Ten Commandments. But the answer is that no, these Ten Commandments contain the entirety of Judaism. I had to be elaborated, explained, expounded upon, taught to us by Moshe Rabbeinu. But that's just expounding that which has already been given. But when was it given? On Shavuos. And therefore the question that Chassidus is really asking is, that Simcha's Torah should be on Shavuos, because that's when Hashem really gave us the Torah. What's the answer? The answer of Chassidus is, that's the difference between the first tablets and the second tablets. What exactly is the distinction between the first tablets and the second tablets? So in a word, how the Rebbe understands it, the way the Rebbe puts it, explains it to us, the Rebbe says that this is the distinction of something which is arrived at through our divine service, through man putting in his effort, his own toil, versus that which is given to him by God. And the Mishnah famously says in the tractate of Saita that a person prefers one measurement that he earned himself than nine measurements that was given to him freely as a gift. In fact, one of the main purposes given explanations for creation of the world is this concept. Hashem wanted to, to, to bestow upon us the ultimate kindness. And the ultimate kindness is that we shouldn't just receive kindness, we should earn it. Bread of shame. Bread of shame. When you just receive a gift. It's a shameful thing. It should be earned and, and, and naturally you feel happier, more satisfied, more satisfaction, more joy when it comes from you when you've earned it. And this is what's special about the second tablets. And this is why Simchas Torah is now. How do you see that in the second tablets? Because we see it in the Avoida, in the divine service of a Baal Tshuva. The Jews, when they received the first set of tablets, they were tzaddikim. They were righteous. They were pure. Um, but the problem with a righteous person is that the truth is he's just, he, he's, being, he's being a good boy which is a wonderful thing. Um, but if we really study it, that means he's being his natural self. He's being his godly soul. He's allowing the divine image to manifest and for the divinity of, of, of Hashem, the, the, the divine, the creator to be manifest in the world. A Jew naturally cannot be separated from godliness. Every time a Jew sins, he's actually going against his nature. It may come as a surprise to some people, but that's the way it is. A person is fighting their own nature. It's counterintuitive. There's a reason why psychology was practically invented by Jews. Most psychologists are Jewish. Most of their patients are Jewish. There's a friction for a Jewish person. A Jew in his core, in his nature... What is the Torah? The Torah is taking an x-ray of a Jewish neshama and telling him, this is exactly what you want. This is exactly who you are. So when someone's a tzaddik, they're actually not really adding so much um, in terms of a chiddush. They're not creating anything novel. They're, 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 they're natural. They're normal. They're healthy. Um, and even what they're dealing with in the world, right? Even though they're, they're also transforming the world, we're not talking about a person who locks himself up in a cave. 
But what does he deal with? He's dealing with permissible things that Hashem created in the first place for the sake of you utilizing it, for the sake of, for the service of Hashem. What is a Baal on the other hand? A Baal has gone off the deep end. He's gone astray. Um, when he returns to Hashem, he is now fighting all these changes that he's created for himself. However, ultimately, he uses the power of the passion, of the pain, of the yearning, of the suffering. He creates something new from it. It's referred to in the Zohar as Bechelisagi, that with tremendous powerful power, tremendous strength. That's why we say that we're a place that a Balchiva stands, a Tzadik can't stand, because that passion, that love, that connection that he has, Tzadik can't, didn't experience. And in terms of what the Balchiva changes from the world, the Balchiva went and dealt with things which the Torah doesn't let you deal with. And now when he returns to Hashem, he's elevating to God parts of the world which are off bounds. He's gone off the reservation. So when he comes back and he and he brings it back to Hashem, he's truly doing something novel. It's a truly a transformation. Um, he's truly transforming the darkness into light, into into godliness, and that is what is represented by the second luchos, the novelty, the novelty that a Jew brings to the table. And uh, in fact, it's explained in the Midrashim that if the first luchos would have just have been allowed to stand on their own, it would have been limited what the Torah would have been because it would be a kind of Torah which is from above to below. It would be all from the Almighty, from God. The second one, when Hashem gave us the tablets, the second set of tablets, it was with the power of the Talmud and the and the, and the entire revolution of a human being being able to, to connect with a divine mind and truly come up with, with deep insights into the Torah, of course, with, with a loyalty to the rules of the Torah. However, that, it, that a Jew is given ownership and he's able to, to cause a revolution and a transformation in himself and in the world around him with the power of the Torah. And that is the, a much deeper celebration that takes place um, on this day. And the Rebbe says a fascinating diuk. That it's interesting. If you look in the Rambam, and the truth is it already goes back to the Gemara and the Mishnayis and the Tractate of Megillah, but the Rambam says like this. The Rambam talks about the enactments of our of, of, of the sages, of, uh, I believe, the Sagdaila, of the different readings that we do throughout the year. So when the Rambam says the times that we read, so when he says that we read all the Parshiyas throughout the year, when he gets up to the Parsha of Zeis Habracha, he merely says, "We read it um, in the last. Uh, we read it in, in, in. We read. We read it in the last parsha. We read in the holiday of Sukkot." He's very vague. Um, he just says, "You complete the Torah in the holiday of Sukkot." He doesn't say what Torah portion. He just says, "We complete the Torah," and he just says the holiday of Sukkot. He doesn't say when in the holiday of Sukkot. Where does the Ramam actually elaborate? And discuss is actually when he's when he says a different point, when he says that when the rabbis the rabbis instituted to read the Torah portion of each holiday, right? So in, on Shavuos you should read about the theme of Shavuos, and every day every holiday you read about that holiday. And then the Ramam says 
on the last, on Simchas Torah, right, the day after Shemini Atzeres, he says, we read the parasha of Zois HaBracha um, on, Shem- on Shemini Atzeres. So, which is very interesting because it, it, would, it would seem from the context of the Rambam that actually it's just like the rest. It's more connected. V'zayi Sabrach is connected to the holiday of what we're celebrating on Shemini Atzeres. That it's connected with the theme of the day, the actual reading. How do we see that it's connected with the theme? And the answer is, says the Rebbe, because if you look, it's actually talking about the first set of tablets and the second set of tablets. Because the opening of the parasha is describing how Hashem gave us the title from Mount Sinai. It says, Hashem, Havaya Misinai, Ba, Bezorach Misayir, Lama Yehifia, Mehar Paran, Ve'asam, Merebe, Ve'ezkaidesh, that Hashem appeared to us from the mountain, and so on. And then it says, Torah Tzivalonu, Meisha, Mirash, Kilas Yaakov, that Hashem gave us the Torah as an inheritance. Inheritance means that you didn't earn it. It's just from on high. Even a child receives the Torah, and it's 100% his or hers. And, and that's that. But then, how does the parsha conclude? Famous words, to the eyes of the Jewish people. And what does Rashi tell us? What does that mean? Rashi says it's referring to the episode of the breaking of the tablets. And why did he break the tablets in order to, in order to arouse the Jewish people to do teshuva? And to, be a, a, and, and to create the phenomenon of the second t- set of tablets um, of the Luchi. So we see over here the theme of this discussion of the revolution, of that the parsha begins, of course, with the giving of the Torah, but ultimately the end game is Le'ene Kol Yisrael, is to get to the second set of tablets, and that's truly a reason for celebration. And that now allows us to go back to the beginning of the Torah. Hashem created heaven and earth. And the Gemara famously says that whoever, a Jew who says that becomes a part, uh, testifies to this, becomes a partner with Hashem in creation. And the definition of a partner a partner is a very serious word, an interesting word. A shutta means a, a real partner. You've really accomplished something. And so when does a Jew really become a partner with Hashem? When he becomes a Baal Tshuva. In fact, a Jew comes down into this world to become a Baal Tshuva. The, 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 the early Hasidim, Hasidic masters actually wanted to call the Hasidic movement Bali Tshuva. I believe the Alter Rebbe said he wanted to call it Bali Tshuva. It ended up getting the name Hasidim. But the purpose of life is to come about tshuva. And it even says about Mashiach, the purpose of Mashiach is to get the tzaddikim to do teshuva. So this is the ultimate accomplishment to be partners with Hashem in creation, to create a real change. And we get the power from Le'enei Kol Yisrael from the second tablets, which is why we're celebrating the fact that we didn't just receive the Torah from Hashem, but that we own the Torah and that we're one with the Torah and therefore we are one with Hashem.